today's episode, Dave interviews Mike Haggerty. Mike has been in Austin Powers, Wayne's World, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Mindy Project, Glee, Friends, and Deadwood. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Jay Leggett passing, yeah. and with Fred Kaz yeah. passing. And a couple years ago, Jim Zulovic. Yeah, losing yeah. Zulovic was a big one there. Oh, yeah, sure was, yeah. And I look at those guys, and I think, I don't know, I, I so appreciate what we do. I so appreciate working. I appreciate the family. So when somebody goes, it just makes it, it makes me appreciate more of what I have. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess it does. You know, I mean, you know, I, it was it was an oddity. You know, years ago, like you know, we lost like Jim Fay and things like that. You know, that that just seemed like a a, a a quirk. You know, but then I guess as with everything, I guess the older you get, you know, the uh, the more people pass on and it becomes and the next thing you know you know boy parents used to call it the or i didn't call it but they didn't call it but they they, used to, uh, they always read the death notices and being irish they always like to go to the funeral so like if they had any connection whatsoever right they, they would go you know in fact we call it the irish ra- racing form so <laughs> my father would be sitting there in the in the morning reading the uh reading the obituaries and saying oh here's one he went to say read his high school uh should we go oh well i think that's the one who went to school with agnes oh well let's go then you know so of course so what was the what was the appeal there of that i mean because that is i well you you know you you gotta realize the the irish it was it it was not exactly a party but it was a chance to socialize you know right and you know and uh i was dragged into that i mean i never thought it i never thought it odd to be taken to funerals i mean Mm -hmm. it was just part of the you know and and my parents did, never got babysitters. I never had a babysitter. How many of yeah. you are there? Were there? Just How many me and my sister. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's a small Irish family. It is. Yeah. Well, they well they well they lost four. You know. So I mean, it would have been six. You know. Wow. They lost four yeah. before they were born, or they lost four. Uh, a couple were stillborn, and uh, two. You know. I mean, we didn't really go into because it, it, it got into. I mean, it, I know the two were stillborn. Right. And you know? so you're 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 south side. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Well, I mean, born on the west side. Oh, originally uh, at, on Central and uh, North Avenue, mm-hmm. and uh, then we moved out to the South Side when I was four. Would you? So you grew up in the South Side? Yeah, yeah. We grew up. I grew up in Morgan Park or mm-hmm. Beverly or Kennedy Park. I mean, you know, depends on what you want to call the the real estate. Right. Classifications kept on changing. Right. Well, Beverly yeah. is now. You'd Beverly, want to yeah, that, right. Beverly Mount Greenwood, but I was we were closer to the Beverly side. I guess technically, I would say that we were Morgan Park, you know, but then yeah. it became like West Morgan. I mean, they. They always keep on changing, you know. Jews never. We didn't go to the funerals. It, like, like we just didn't. We, well, you know, the, you went there, but you sat shiva. You sat in it for a few days. You know, but, but the really, Jews also. They, they. I mean, they, they, it's it's a one day affair, isn't it? I mean, no, it's, it's a, a week. week. But I mean, with sitting the shiva, yeah, you know, right, right. But, but I mean, you know, the, the wakes would be for a young person. The wake would be three nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, nowadays, you know, I, I think it's it's kind of been broken down to to one, you know, but. You got to realize that, you know, years ago, uh, people would have to take the train in and stuff, too. You know, so, you know, if they were living anywhere outside of a driving distance, which was, you know, and then you didn't have the interstates, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I was born in the 50s. But, uh, you know, but I mean, but people would literally it would not be uncommon that you would hold everything up until somebody got a chance to get in from New York or from California or whatever. You know, we used to call it coming down from the hills. It's amazing how much has changed too. I want, but I want. This is what I was realizing as we're talking about funerals and things like that. Only men have gone. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. at the acting. I'm the, act- the acting. Yeah, 
I'm sure we've lost a few women at second, you know, I'm, but, you know I but, can't... but not, but it's hard to, to think right now, you know, I mean, to, you know, to, to those that have Jim know. Faye, Belushi, right. right. Uh, 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 John Candy, right. Um, Farley, right. Uh, Jay Leggett. I'm going to put him in, in that category. Uh, Zulovic, Zulovic, right. right. Yeah. And there's been others too that I'm probably ones that we weren't aware of, you know, um, but you know, but yeah, you know, yeah, mostly the men, you know, so I mean, I'm sure the women will follow. I mean, nobody gets out of here alive. But, but, at, the, but at the same time, these are young people that are, that are going, you know, that's more, what I mean. you know, yeah. I, you know, it's been a while since Second City has lost somebody. Uh, well, well, Zulovic. Yeah, but Zulovic was, you know, Zul there wasn't a really. I mean, there wasn't an abuse, no abuse problem there. You know, we, it was no. sort of it was sort of a hidden heart disease problem, I think. With right, them. right. You know, but it's just. Uh, sort of, I mean, right. however way they go, for me, I feel like right. however way they go, right. the guys have gone. The guys have gone. Yeah. Well, that certainly is true. I mean, but I mean, that's kind of true with life, though, isn't it? I mean, the, you know, the, the women generally outlive the mm -hmm. the men. Mm -hmm. you know, not always. It wasn't the case in my family. My mother passed away before my dad did. He lived about 10 years after she did. And I don't know how he got through those 10 years, but she did. I didn't realize, but she did everything for him, you know, and all of a sudden he was, you know, on his own. And how did he, how did he, how was it, how did he deal with that? Did he deal with that I, well? or did he, he dealt with it okay. You know, I mean, I don't think he ever really got past the anger part of the loss, you know, uh, and he he suppressed that a lot. Mm -hmm. He was a kind of a quiet guy, you know, uh, very dry humor. What did he do for uh, a living? He was a policeman. Yeah. You know, I'm a cliche. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you know, you know South Side Chicago. Well, Irish, I had Cindy know. Campanera, whose dad was, dad a, was a, fireman, a fireman. Yeah. But she, yeah. she was just here. Well, that was the deal. I mean, yeah, I was, you know, expected to become either a policeman or a fireman. Most, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I came from a police family. My grandfather, when he came over from Ireland, was a policeman and uh, all of my uncles, you know. And if they didn't, if they weren't police, they worked for the city. Right. You know, they pulled a city paycheck somehow. Yeah. It's also thinking about the people that we know, like Kevin Doyle, who became a cop. Right. And Pat Andrews. Who, you know Pat Andrews? No, I didn't know Pat. Bob Clemens was an old friend of mine. You know, actually got him involved. He be, he left. He never was in the resident company, but he left uh, the touring company. And uh, I remember the day that he told us that you know he told me that he was becoming a cop. And you know, we were in the touring company making forty, fifty bucks a show. And uh, you know, he wanted to do something else with his life. And you know, so I went one one way down Lincoln Avenue, and he went the other way. <laughs> he's he's retired. Now, you know, so. People retire, Mike. People yeah, get a job and then they retire. Well, that's, that's what they what, do. That's, yeah, yeah. And, and on the police department, you're forced to retire at 63, no matter who you are. You know, so did you ever? Young. Did you ever think about retiring? I mean, the idea. Retiring? Idea. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I think that I, in some respects, I, I've sort of gotten to the point where uh, I'm not all that crazy about going out and pursuing any job. I remember I just used to think, right. That any, when I got a job that I'm working, it's wonderful and everything else. And now I'm starting to shift a little bit into this thing that I only kind of want to do the work that I want to do, you know. And, and what is that? And, and work with uh, the people I want to work with. Right. You know? And not just for, not, not just be going out just to get a speaking part in, in something, you know. So, I mean, if it interests me, if it if I think I could do something with it, if I can see, the, you know, if it, the laughter's there on the page and, uh, you know, I might want to pursue it. But. You know, I don't want to. I don't particularly want to be anything with a uh, with a number behind it, like cop number two or anything like that. You know, so well, those days are over. I looked at your reel, and the, a lot of stuff on on the reel that's on IMDb, a lot of stuff that's there, isn't comedy stuff. 
No, no, actually, I did. I, I got hired in a lot of drama stuff. I, I brought that. I didn't bring it up. For me. No, you did. Had, well, you did. You have. Yeah. You brought, got this. Oh, I did. Okay, you yeah, that's this? nothing. Yeah. I, mean, I just yeah. thought that you know, as, yeah. a, as, as I love a reference. It. Yeah. You know? But uh, no, yeah, I've done probably 50-50, you know, uh, and as far as that stuff goes, you, uh-huh. know, you know, I mean, you know, you've heard the cliche about, you know, uh, you know, uh, dying is easy, comedy is hard, right. you know, but, you know, I think it's things that are well-written, you know, if it's well-written, if, if, if it's a script is like a roadmap, you know, and, you know, if the directions are, or the, or the words are there, you know, uh, an actor worth of salt can find it, right. You know? The problem is, is to get something that's not very well written and try to turn it into something. I love your stuff on um, on uh, Curb, your Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, that right? was fun. That yeah. looked like a blast to do because you're so clearly you're so clearly poking him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that you know, did you work on one of those? Have you done one? No, I auditioned okay. five times on that. And okay. I, and well, I never know, understood the anger. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of that. You know, I mean, there are anger as far as like there's there's a lot of argument. Yeah, know, that's what right. you know, yeah, And I, yeah. he he would get to an argument point, and, and the 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 acting teacher within me would always think, "How'd you get there so fast?" Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're sort of taught, you know, the, about agreement, right? You know, and, and, and escalation. And yeah, I mean, the, the whole the whole theory behind us is yes and. Yeah. Um, he goes against that, but but somehow makes it work. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, I mean, if. If uh, Dell were to see it, or if Paul Sills were to see it, he would say, "You know, take the arguments out. You know, get just get to the agreement." Uh, with that, though, it's kind of get to the argument. Now, but yeah, the beautiful thing about about that also is that, you know, you never see anybody on TV. Or, uh, almost everybody, maybe it's the ego that kicks in, doesn't want to look like an asshole. You know, but but Larry doesn't mind looking like an asshole and is an asshole in just about every one of the episodes. Right, and, and he doesn't redeem himself by, you know, by, by kissing his wife and saying, baby, you're the greatest or something. I mean, <laughs> he's an asshole to start at the beginning of the right. show. He's the asshole at the end. And he's been, you know, and, and, and he makes it work and, and it does, it, you know, he but does make it work. I do agree with you. There's a lot of uh, argument. And if you're, and if you're trained in improvisation and what you're looking for is the agreement, right. That's not exactly what I, what he wants. Right. And so I was lucky enough uh, uh, to give him in that episode, I was lucky enough to give him what he wanted. You yeah, did other episodes? No, 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 no. He sort of, I think they sort of ace you out once you do yeah. one. Yeah, they do that. Unless you come back as, a, you know, as the same character. Right. You know, but they, they don't allow you to come back as uh, as somebody else. You right. Know? Which is interesting because there's only, I think there's only probably, you know, a couple of dozen people that really can do what we do well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of people could improvise or argue. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a shame that he doesn't allow you to come back in as somebody years down the line there there i think the 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 pool uh, the second city pool i'm going to say the second city pool right now the second city pool of actors we i feel like we've got legs i feel right. like we we can really we've got there's something about the work that we have done the training that we've done particularly i think those of us who started out you left second city when in the 80s yeah i left there around, we went to new york in 84 i was probably gone by about 85 right 85 86 so your training was really it seemed like there's more of an acting training than there was an improv training yeah i mean improvisation hadn't you know become what it is yet i mean there was there was still the infancy the days when dell was arguing with bernie whether or not improvisation is actually stands on its own right yeah uh, Bernie always believed that it didn't. Dell, uh, his his credo was that it that it does, and I think it does stand on its own. But I think that you have to have a company 
that knows each other. I mean, you know, just going out there relying on lightning to strike isn't quite good enough for charging somebody a performance. You know, and we never did charge at Second City. As far as watching the improvisations, the improvisations were always free. There was no no cover charge. You know, so if you were in the neighborhood and you wanted to watch us rehearse, you were free to come in. You know, and you didn't have to order any drinks. Didn't have to do anything. You were you were you were providing us feedback. Right. You know, so that was cool. Uh, but nowadays, boy, I see some of these these companies and these people that go out there and they do it night after night. And they've been doing it year after year. And they can anticipate each other and their moves, and and uh, they just know each other so well. Did you feel that you you had that in your company at all? Yeah, I did, but not to the extent. I mean, you know, you know, our our our. Who was in your company? Uh, I would say, if you were asking who my company was, because there's there's always people coming in and out, right? But I would say it would be John Capelos, Richard Kind, uh, Megan Fay, Isabella Hoffman, myself, and Rick Thomas. That's mm-hmm. the company that right. we took to New York, you right? Know, and. Uh, and we went to New York to the Village Gate and did a show there. And then uh, people came in behind us and worked at Second City, and, you know, worked at the Second City. So we were in New York for roughly six months. But when you came back, you know, we all, I think we may have opened one more show after that. But uh, you had sort of been outside of the lab, you know, for a while. And so so things, started, you know, you started looking around and it was, you know, kind of, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of know when it's t- your time to go. Right. You know? I always felt that too. I felt like my deal was because I remember Donnie DiPolo saying to me, um, "No, uh, leave before you get bitter." Yeah, you know, there's a lot of that. You know, I mean, that's that's true. A lot of things. I've seen bartenders like that. You know, you know when you know you know you're been tending bar too long when it, when as soon as every, as soon as everybody walks in when anybody walks in, you under your breath you're going, "Oh, not this asshole." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you know that you know. I mean, when you when you stop enjoying it, and, you know, and it be, and it becomes a, a real chore, or if you have a hard time going up the steps, or, I mean, not physically, but I mean, just uh, you know, when you when you're getting bitter, you know, and and uh, you start blaming other people for scenes that didn't go right, things like that, and and all of a sudden you became you become the pain in the ass that uh, you despise when you got in the company. You know? right. So I mean, you know, then it's time to go. I mean, it's really time to go. I, that's so true. That that idea of uh, because the moment that it starts becoming a job, that's when when I started to say things like I got to go to work as opposed to I got to go to the theater. I thought, oh boy, I'm calling uh, it that now. I'm yeah. calling it work now. Right, right, right. Yeah, it creeps in, you know. It right. creeps in, but it's you know. But, but it's the evolution, right? It is, yeah. You know, but, you know, but, but you, you know, you have to, you know, and I would say, you know, probably that you're in, just as a generality, I would say that your second or third show is probably the best show you're going to write. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, usually, you you know, you, the first show was kind of wasted on, on nervousness and what am I doing up here? I can't believe I'm doing this. Right. Uh, the second show you start getting out, you know, your, uh, all your family history and things. I'm, I'm generalizing here. I'm at a third show. You've pretty much, you, you, you start experimenting and getting yourself uh, into a place that you didn't realize you could be. I, I agree. I think that, that you start looking outside of yourself and because the first show is looking in and going, oh my God, how am I going to do this? Right. The second show is, oh, my families are quirky. And the third show is that where like, what else is going on in the world? What other things? And then you really start to notice the world around you and pulling that sort of thing in there. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about the other day, I don't know why I thought about this, but I mean, I remember when I was going to high school that, 
I couldn't believe that other people in the world didn't care about what our high school team was doing. You know? <laughs> was like, you know, but, you know, we won the, you know, we, we won the Midwestern Championship. I don't care. I got a bus to catch over. <laughs> did you go to Catholic school? I did, yeah. yeah. What was the school? Uh, St. Cajetan's on the south side and then Marist High School. You went to Marist? Yeah. A yeah. Marist guy. Yeah. Yeah. I went, I grew up in, uh, I didn't grow up, I, I grew up in the north side, but uh, I went to NIU DeKalb where I had all, all you south side Irish guys. You oh, Marist, yeah. Brother yeah. Rice and Christ Brother the King. Brother Rice, Marist. And, well, Christ the King was a, was a great yeah. school. That's where George was. George Went was from Christ the King. Right. And I was from St. Cajetan's. You Did know, you guys where, ever make it up north? Did you guys ever go like up north? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, I did, you know, I, you know, I would, it, I was I'm saying, assigned, I'm saying know, in my no, neighborhood, like Rogers Park. Well, not to, no, I mean, there was no, you know, I mean, as it was probably not, you know, to, you know, we, we would maybe, when I was, Southwest College is where I started going after high school. I mean, nobody told me when I was in high school that I could actually become an actor. You right. Know, it wasn't, you know, I mean, you know, uh, that we had counselors and everything else, even though I was in shows. In my sophomore or my junior and senior year, at, at, and I'm at Marist, at Marist, yeah. and I was quite good, you know. But I mean, nobody would ever tap you on the shoulder and say, "You ever think about doing this professionally?" <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it just what didn't happen. So, what know? was it that that? Because I I know you're we're heading up north with right, that story, right. but what was it that made you go, <laughs> "I can do this"? Was it somebody that said that to you? Did somebody say that to you? Uh, I saw the Second City Touring Company uh, at, at the University of, well, actually, when I was, the way I went to the University of Illinois, I was driving a meat truck and I was going down Halston Street, you mm-hmm. know, and this girl I was going out with, or used to go out with, Shelly Vall in high school, uh, I almost ran her over, you know, I was going right out, right in front of Hull House, right out in, on, on Halston there, I had to hit the brakes and it was Shelly, you know, and so I go, Shelly, you know, what are you doing, you know, she goes, I'm Mike, Mike, I can't talk, I'm going to acting class, you know. I said, you going where? You know, she goes, I'm going to acting class. You know? So, so I said, you know, so I remember driving away from there going, there's a class for acting. Yeah. You know, so, so I actually checked it out, you know, to find out about the university of Illinois. I went down there and, you know, found out they actually had a, a theater department, you know, that you could actually major in that. Um, I think it was called speech and communications then, you know, it probably still is. Um, so, you know, I got involved in the theater down there at the University of Illinois. When you say got involved in the theater, does that mean you enrolled in school? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I enrolled, you know, uh, there was a nice black box theater they had there. Um, and one of the things was going on, it was just a, a thing that the Second City Touring Company was going to be performing, uh, basically, um, just the other side of the cafeteria, you know, which is down there, uh, the student center. I went in there, I remember seeing Larry Coven uh-huh. doing Gus Giannetti. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> And I thought to myself, I can do this, you know. Right. You know, I mean, the character I played that character. Gus Gianetti. That was what scene was that? You know, that was uh, PTA. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Athletics. Yeah, you all, you all. Know, no, that was the coach. Yeah. No, right, but I'm saying yeah. that's in that scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Gus Gianetti was. You know, you all know me. I'm Gus Gianetti. I'm not talking to you today as a as a teamster. I'm talking to you today as a father or something like that. You know? Right. Remember that girl with her creamy white thighs? You know, like that, you know? So, so anyway, I said, you know, and it looked Wait, like... there was a line, Levine, you know, Levine, you're still a schmuck or something yeah, like yeah, that, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. right. You know? so, so that's that's the thing, you know. I mean, that was one of the things that they did. And then we also were doing Commedia dell'arte. Uh, we were studying different periods of theater. And uh, the, the, the similarities between Commedia dell'arte and the Second City, which I didn't know anything about, but I mean, technically, I guess you could say that the Second City is the a direct descendant of Commedia dell'arte with the stock types and the things like that. You know? mm-hmm. 
And then also uh, Jim Belushi uh, showed up at uh, the University of Illinois one day, and he was trying to finish up his degree. I think he was at Eastern University and had some credits he had to finish. You know, I don't know how far far along he was. But they, they, because it was a state university, he was going there and taking some classes, and uh, he mentioned that he was in the Turing Company at the Second City. So that's when, so that's when I went up to see him perform on a Monday night. You know, he wasn't on the right, in the on the main stage. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it just looked like fun. I mean, you know, I mean, it was petrifying to me because you know. But then when I did some Commedia dell'arte scenes, which they call lazzis, which are basically just scenes, um, I, I seem to have some sort of proclivity for it. You know, so I mean, you know, the, I was getting laughs. You know, on, on things that. I was doing that. I was sort of making up on the spot, right? And uh, I said, "Oh, this is this is fun," you know. And so then ended up um, going down there and getting involved in a workshop at Second City. Who taught that? Uh, the first one was Dell. It was only only uh, you know there was Dell was you know sort of in and out. You know he had Alan Baranowski. You know would, I'm you know who, uh, it's still around. I mean I see him on Facebook and stuff. But I mean Dell was. You know, Dell was, you know, going through his, his, his normal stuff. So when you, the nearest thing about Dell was not so much what he said, it's what he threw away, you know? So, I mean, when you listen to him and directing, you know, he would say something like a direction, but then he would make some comment like, you know, oh, you, or you could just, you know, act like you're all mice, you know? You know? And, 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 and I was picking up on the fact that the, the throwaway was actually the direction. Right. Not, not the actual, like, right. you know. You know, and uh, so, you know, so the I got involved in his class and it was much easier. There wasn't the levels and the stuff that they have. Well, it nowadays. wasn't it wasn't commodified. No, 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 no. It had they hadn't figured out how to do that yet. Right. You know? I mean, if they had figured it out, they probably would have done it. I mean, you know, it's an incredibly money making experience now, you know. But I mean, but the this the the idea that if I was in a, a workshop. I was only one person or so away from being in one of the companies, right. you know, whether it was like at Chateau Louise or if it were. Oh boy, Chateau uh, Louise. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you work out there? No, no, no. Oh, I, I left a couple of years. I'm sure it's an Indian burial ground. I mean, people would go insane out there. All yeah. the stories that people have told, who is telling stories? Uh, all the stories that people have told. Uh, didn't Sher- Steve Sheridan go? Was he? Yeah, he was out there. Yeah, he was out yeah. there. But you know, you you didn't necessarily want to get involved out there because you you it was kind of like an area that just sort of shipped you off to. You got a paycheck, and I believe it was an equity contract, right? You know, and right. so you're you know you were pulling in you know six I maybe mean, I don't know four hundred dollars a week, which that's then was huge. a lot of money. That's you know? huge yeah, amount of money. Yeah, you know, and you have probably had insurance and everything else, right? But, but you were also you were kind of lost. It was like the lost tribe out there it was just on, you know, you, you you weren't in Joyce's line of fire, and of course she wouldn't be going out there to see the shows. And well, so I, they I, were sort of let to run rampant out there. That's what Cheryl yeah, right. Cheryl Second City Northwest when we yeah. were in, uh, right. in Huffman Estates or you know Arlington Heights over there. But Cheryl, but a lot of would people went by. through there, you know, yeah. yeah, because people were keeping an eye on it. Well, you Cheryl know, was uh, keeping an eye on it, okay. but at the same time, we got to fuck around. You know, there was a lot. You know, Sean Masterson was there, Tim O'Malley was there, Fran Adams was there, Ruthie Rudnick. Well, these are all people that went on to be in the resident company too. Yes, yeah, they right. all went on to be in the resident yeah. company. So in that way, it, it was a farm team. But now, Mike, they literally have a farm team. They've got, they've got. It, it is so commodified right now, and it's got so many layers. And I just look and go, I don't know how I would have been able to make it back. Well, I don't know if I would be either. You know, I mean, going having to go through that comp- kind of competition, you know, because I mean, there was just well, one person, or you know, if you made an impression. I uh, when we were doing this, uh, the thing for you know, there's a couple things that went on though. 
Dell was running the workshop and there was his instruction was one day to come in and do something that you'd never done before and do it on stage. So I was thinking, you know, well, maybe I'll come in and I don't know what I'm going to do. But so I decided I'd try a card trick, you know, and it was, there was no trick, you know, it was just, I mean, I just took a deck and held it out to the audience and, you know, pick a card, you know, now show the card to your audience, to the audience, you know, and, and so I'm just doing, going through the motions with, for the confidence building thing, you know. And so I, you know, so then I said, is your uh, card the queen of spades? And they said, yes, it is. You know, <laughs> I mean, I hit it, you know, you know, one in 52 chance and I hit it and Dell was like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a trick. I mean, I swear to you, you know, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, anybody could, I'm sure there is a trick that to do that, oh, there is a trick. you know, but That's you know, but Dell, but Dell saw me, you know, do that and somehow it elevated me or, or made, you know, I mean, you know, and, and, uh, I just got lucky. You know, that's all there was to it. So then, you know, when uh, a few weeks later, he comes up to me and again, the throwaway thing. And he goes, oh, Haggerty, uh, what are you doing this weekend? You know, and I said, well, I'm working. You know, I, I think I'm working. You were meat, still a meat guy? Uh, no, and at that point, I was uh, working at a place called Swingles, which was a f- furniture uh, rental place. Oh, I remember you know? that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, yeah. it was not a good fit for me. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I would tell people that, not, oh, that's too expensive. Don't get that one. Get this one, you know? Well, service guys would come in, you know, right. and, they, and they were making 80 bucks a week and they'd be renting 60 bucks a week uh, worth of furniture, you know. They're still doing you know, that crap. Yeah, I know. You know, it's terrible. It's terrible. Know? These guys from Great Lakes would come down, you know, and I would just tell them, that, you know, you really can't afford that, you know. Right. You know, my wife wants an on wire. Yeah, okay. Great Lakes yeah. Naval. Yeah. Naval, the, right. the Navy. Right. Yeah. And, you know, these guys would come around. Mm-hmm. So um, he asked you what you're doing this weekend. Yeah. He asked me what I was doing. And I said, yeah, I said, well, I'm, I think I'm working. He goes, oh, okay. All right. You know. He walks away, and I had to f- pursue him, you know. And I said, you know, what uh, what was the deal? What, why were you asking what I was doing this week? He goes, well, we got this kid coming in from Canada, and uh, we just need a warm body to audition with, you know. And I said, you know, I said, I'll be there, you know. And I somehow maneuvered that I could get out during lunch or whatever. And so I went in, and, and under no pressure, thinking that, uh, you know, there was no job. And that was Kapalos, and he was being brought down from Canada to John audition. Kapalos. John Kapalos, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so we auditioned and I just, you know, literally went out there and tried to make him look good because I didn't think I was auditioning for anything. I was just, right. you know, there to, for support, right? which is actually kind of the job description, you know? And so uh, we went on in, in the one pretty well. And then we came out, Adele came out and he goes, ah, they hired both of you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so that was me. And, you know, and, and I, I didn't, had no idea there was a job. Right. The idea of going in with the the notion of going in just for support. That's all. Just for support. Yeah. It wasn't even a conscious choice. You know, I mean, that's kind of like how life is. I mean, just sort of unfolds, you know. If you let it unfold or if you bring anything that you bring in, you're bringing it in with you and you got to put it somewhere. So you're bringing in that idea of this is going to be a job. You're certainly Kapalos, the work that he did, in that John Kaplan's the work that he was doing in that he had to let go of a lot of stuff, but you didn't have to let go of anything because you weren't holding on to anything. Yeah. I mean, he came in from Toronto, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and probably was much, obviously was much more nervous than I was, you know, mm-hmm. but I was just there to, but I thought was to help out. Not, not, not for the job interview. Although it's never a bad thing to get in front of those people, you know, in front of Bernie and in front of, uh, uh, Joyce and, you know, Dell was there. And I remember, uh, Will Aldis was mm-hmm. the, the director, you know. So this is for the Turing Company. This is for the for resident for company. The Turing Company, uh-huh. yeah, you know, which was uh, sort of below the Chateau Louise Company, although 
status wise, you know, I mean, what happened was, you know, when, when you were in the touring company and Joyce would go out on the road with you and especially if she had a, if she had a company that she enjoyed, you know, Joyce was, when she, Joyce was doing this, she was 10 years younger Joyce than, I, than I am. Yeah, Joyce Sloan. Uh -huh. She was 10 years younger than I am right now. You know, I sort of, sort of took the, the clock back, you know, so she was still going out on the road and she liked, she really liked our company. You know, we had like Lance Kinsey and myself and Craig Taylor was the, the stage manager and, uh, you know, and uh, she liked going out with us. You know, we, we made her laugh. And so she was, you know, young enough and she liked going out with us. And so that's how you get to know her on the road and, you know, a better friend you couldn't have. It's amazing the, the, uh, the support. What she has done, what Joyce Sloan has single-handedly done, did for comedy and theater in yeah. the United States is pretty mind-blowing. It is. Yeah, you know, it is. You know, I mean, she was so much more than, than just the mom, you know. Oh, I mean, you know. Uh, uh, you or know, just so much more than just the, the executive producer, the right. producer, whatever her job was. Right. Well, she went to bat for me, you know. I mean, you know, I, I sat there and I didn't know that she had to be more aggressive. I just thought that if you waited for things to happen, that they would. Yeah, and uh, they didn't for me. Uh, a lot of people were going in the company before me, mm -hmm. you know. And, and I was just sort of standing there and I was understudying everybody and, and doing a... I thought was a pretty good job as the understudy, but when it came time for the big dance, uh, they would go with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, did you feel bitter about that? Uh, I I don't know. Looking back on it, I I don't think I did. You know, I mean, until it got pretty obvious that I was really being bypassed. Right. You know, you know that you know I uh, I could I could rationalize it a lot at first and say, well, I'm just not ready, and you know that. But then when you see people going in that you, you, you feel that you are, you're at least as good as, uh, it was hard not to hold that back. I mean, it was hard. I didn't express it. I didn't get to the point where I, I got pissed off and, and was leaving. Uh, Joyce actually protected me at one point. Uh, she took me up to Canada and put me in a show that she was producing up there called Say Hello to Harvey which was the musical version of Harvey. Uh -huh. Donald O'Connor played Elwood P. Dowd. Wow. And Joe Silver played um, uh, Dr. Chumley. Mm -hmm. And it was at the Royal Alex. And, uh, you know, and I played Mr. Wilson in that. Uh, you know, and uh, I think that I really think, look back at that, looking back on it, that she knew that I wasn't going to go in this next time. And she protected me from that, you know. And so I didn't have to go through that trauma. I mean, she was that kind. She was that good. She she connected to, she connected to people and it's also she she got respect not because she demanded it she got respect because she was just such a mensch she was yeah. such a warm I mean she was a, a she yeah. really gave a shit yeah I saw that but you know one night we were down in we were down in Cincinnati I think yeah and we um, went into a place a club and Lance Kinsey asked for a, for a coat rack for backstage. You know, so, you know, I mean, just, just to hang our costumes on. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think it was a place called Jilly's, I think. I seem to remember that uh, in in my head. So anyways, she was there, you know, and she was just, you know, being Joyce and being everything else. And uh, he's, like, a guy said, you know, a guy, and he comes out and then Glenn says, we get a coat rack backstage. And the guy says, I ain't got no fucking coat rack, asshole. You know, and Joyce, this little Jewish woman, becomes as big as a house and tells this mafioso guy, you know, he, she goes, she goes, nobody talks to my actors like that, you know, pack it up. We're out of here. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and this guy goes, Hey, Hey, I got 200 people waiting out there. She goes, that's your fucking problem. You know? 
Yeah, and so she laid into him, you know. Did you guys do the show? We did, yeah. He calmed down. He goes, hey, I'll get you a coat rack. Come on, calm down. I'll get you the coat rack. Jesus, get this woman a coat rack. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, you know, she was, you know, I mean, she could be, you know, this demure little thing, but, you know, when when, when called upon, you know, she was something else. I don't know that I ever saw her get angry. Yeah. I saw her get very sad when, uh, when when we lost some people who... Who was it that that died? Uh, somebody died, and she came backstage, and she says, "What has to happen before we don't let this happen anymore? What what do we have to go through in order to make it so that we care more about each other?" And I can't remember who had passed. Yeah, well, but- that could be a couple of them. You know, I mean, that's the that's the problem when you love so much. You know, um, is you're, you're going to get hurt more than uh, than than the normal person does because she extended herself out. She has such an extended family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of us, you know, lose, you know, uh, things and people and stuff like that. But uh, because she touched so many lives, you know, uh, she was going to get hurt more. Right, right, yeah. right. And and if you did not go into her office and say hello to her if you were in town or if you did not ask her for a favor, she, I, I sensed, when I got engaged, if I didn't come to her and tell her before I told anybody yeah, else, yeah. Or if I didn't ask her to help me connect with a jeweler, I would have yeah. been like, I would have heard about it. Yeah, I showed her my ring, the ring before I showed her to Mary Catherine. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 it was just, I, I instinctually, that's what you had to do. Right. I, and also, I think that you know, people's careers and everything else are uh, not so much careers, but I mean, their careers at Second City were to know what and when it was cool to talk to Joyce and when to give her room. Yeah. Right. I mean, you had to sort of read her and I've watched more than one person go in there when I was sitting in the office and bring something up that I just go, God, wrong time, bad timing. Right. Right. Oh, I went in there, but it was also sort of, it was going in there with the idea of, um, uh, there was, there was a sanctity about that, yeah. about going in, talking to her. And there was also, I am here to be in reception to whatever it is that you're getting. And maybe I gave her that reverence. Who knows why I gave her that reverence? Yeah. Well, she earned the reverence. You know, I sat and she just asked me how it's going. And, and later on when she was, uh, <laughs> when she was older, she'd fall asleep in the middle of a conversation. Right. But right. you go, okay, well, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. She was just uh, unbelievable. Yeah. But you, you had, he had to know how to read her, you know, and uh, you know, and what, when when to leave her alone mm-hmm. you know? yeah and you know and you know i mean and when to ask for things and when not to you know i mean it's it's you know it's it's just what people do you know some people are better at it than others and some people aren't do you ask for things like do you like like right you you said to me that you're going to you're now at a point where you're you the work that you're working on has a certain quality i'm not saying good or bad i'm just saying that no. you have certain um uh, there's certain things that you really want. Um, do you ask for these things? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, ask uh, somebody a higher power. Exactly, or, something know, like uh, that. Like, how is? You know, I, I don't want to. I know, yeah, no, no, that's all right. No, that's okay. You know, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still, you know, I, I still practice Catholicism. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, you know, uh, pretty much go to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I would say that in some respects, I'm, I'm I am spiritual, you know, but only because it's it's just simply, I sort of use it as a way to uh, communicate with people that I can no longer see, you know. So, 
So I take, uh, it's, it's probably no different than a meditation, you know? Uh, it's kind of like why I like to go play, like to go to quiet churches, you know? Uh, not necessarily, you know, where, where a lot of stuff is going on and a lot of, you know, uh, hooping and hollering and stuff. I like to take the moment and just sort of, uh, you know, sort of reach out and communicate, uh, try to communicate, you know, uh, and just, you know, and just take a, a minute or two every week and just say thanks. You mm-hmm. know, because I mean, actually, you know, I haven't had a tremendous, I mean, I have, I've had great success, um, uh, but I'm very blessed. You know, I mean, you know, I'm to make a living as an actor, you know, uh, for you've all, all your, these years, you've you know, been so you work, I mean, I'm looking at this and it's tiny little type, but I'm also like all the shit that you've done, Mike, it's you have, you haven't stopped working. Yeah. Well, it's been great, you know, I, but I'm, I'm also, you know, one of those guys that people look at and I, today I was at the chiropractor, uh, you know, just dropping doctors here. And uh, there was a woman who said, said to me, she goes, are you a driver for the films? You know, and I said, no, no, I'm not. I mean, you don't go into, I, I don't follow up with, no, no, I'm a, you know, you've mistaken me. I'm an actor. You know, I mean, I just simply <laughs> say, you know, I just answered whatever question. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not. She goes, well, then you've got a twin that drives for the movies, you know. And I said, you know, well, maybe I do. He's making more money than I am. You know? <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, I'm one of those actors that people recognize uh, but they're not exactly sure where mm-hmm. or else they think they went to school with you or, or something, you know, somebody told a story. Do you watch Mad Men? Uh, yeah, sure. So there's that, uh, Peggy, the woman, Peggy, right. Uh, somebody had something that they saw the actress whose name escapes me right now. Right. They saw her at Gelson's right. and they forgot that she was, they didn't put, they were like, who is that woman? I know that woman. And, he, I know that woman. She's a friend of mine. I haven't seen her in a really long time. And he went up to her to hug her. And then she gave a smile and did a, a right turn, a right. strong right turn. Yeah. And he went, oh, it was at that moment that he went, oh, I don't know her. She's like, how often does that happen? Or I didn't know her, but I know her, but I don't know her. Well, it is kind of weird. I mean, to see anybody out of context of where they, you normally assume that they that they should be. I remember seeing the the owner of O'Rourke's, who I, who I spent hours oh my ta- God, talking to, you know, at Jay Cobar. North Avenue, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is early on in my uh, my career over there. But, you know, but then you sit there and you talk with a guy for like, you know, for six hours a night behind a bar and you run into him on the street and you got nothing to say. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> could you go stand behind something? I'm sure I'll have plenty to say then. You know, it's like, you know, you know, you know you're just going... I didn't know you had legs. I, had, uh, I thought you had a, I thought you were just a torso. Yeah. We got to become really good friends, but I mean, you know, to find, see somebody out of context, it's like, go, oh, whoa, well, this isn't right. I saw my therapist at CVS, and I was thinking, I, what are you fucking doing here? Don't right, what are you here. doing here? Right? <laughs> Don't come here. Why are you here? What are you doing here? <laughs> Talk to me. I'll meet you over in Laxative. <laughs> I'll lie down. Right. I was in a chair. Uh, that, the thing about being out here and being recognized out here, I love working so much. I love working. I, I, and I feel blessed as well. I feel like, and, and listening to you, because not many of us go to church every week. You know? You yeah. Do, I think well, you do. Ron West must do. Must uh, Keegan-Michael Key, I think that he must go to church every week. Yeah. But I don't think there's a lot who do. Well, you know, there's so many. We're over by St. Charles over in the valley over there. You know, I mean, and the nice thing about the Catholic Church is, you know, if, if it's it's like Southwest 
I mean, if you miss one, there's there'll be another one along in 20 minutes, you know. So, and there's also other parishes you can go to too. Right. And I didn't always do that, you know. I mean, I certainly didn't do that when I was at Second City, you know. And we were up, uh, you know, two o'clock in the morning. You had a set. Afterwards, you didn't finish work until about two, you know, roughly between one thirty and two, you know. And also, I was pretty. Uh, full of not full of myself, but I was just a kid, you know. I right. mean, you know, and, and and nobody else was doing that. But you know, when you when you're out here and and th- you know, I mean, as much as I, you know, uh, really, I'm bothered when I don't get things don't go my way and I don't get this uh, this role, or if I'm reading for something or anything else, you know, while, while you're sitting there brooding about it, you know, the, you're sit you're sitting in a house that was bought with your labors, you're. You're relaxing by a pool that was bought with your labors, you know, and, you know, and you, you're watching news reports of people who have nothing, you know, and so, I mean, you, you'd be kind of foolish to, to, to let that get you to a point where you get so angry, you know, because uh, there's, there's really nothing to be angry about. There's a few things to be disappointed about, but to, to actually let it get to a point where you're, you're angry, uh, I don't see the sense in it. I think it's, it, it keeps going back to the idea of, being grateful and that's what you're talking about you're yeah, talking about the uh, idea of and and i don't have to compare myself because i because there are a bunch of people the majority of people i think on this planet have it less than i do yes and well, i don't need know, to compare that i just I, I get to say i have this and this is exactly what i want yeah 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 well it's 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 not a bad life you know i mean i didn't you know i didn't have to chase anybody down an alley and uh, you know you know, or, or rush into a burning building, or, or, or do any of that stuff to ma- to make a living. I'm, you know, really quite lucky. You know, when you when you think when you if you, if you stop and think about it, mm-hmm. if you allow yourself just to be obsessed with what you didn't get or or the oh. success that somebody else has, you know. But that's just. Uh, you Did know. you go through that at all? You know, looking at somebody. Let's see. Uh, I know for me, I went through it because my company was Corel, Colbert, right. like those kind of people, and you say. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember thinking, "Where's mine?" I don't remember thinking that, but I remember going, "Where are you going? How come you're not playing with me anymore?" Yeah. Um, but that professional jealousy. Did you experience that at all? Well, outside of- everybody, you know, the, the you know, John, you know, Megan, um, John, John Capelos, uh-huh. you know, I mean, you know, they they we're all pretty much journeyman actors. I mean, you know. Uh, Doing well, you know, people own their properties and they have a house and things like that, you know, but uh, none of us that I can think of, I mean, in the immediate company actually had like six years of success on a sitcom or something right. like that, you know, you know, uh, uh, so, you know, we still kind of have to to hustle a little bit, you know, but um, no, I, you know, I see things, you know, I, for, for different reasons, I really don't, uh, don't, don't dwell on, on somebody else's success because that'll just drive you drive you mad but it does it 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 does drive people mad i'm I'm not i'm not trolling for you to say that i'm just saying that i totally i i see i see how that can drive people mad and i have seen people driven mad by that but i haven't seen anybody really from the from second city and i have seen other actors but literally from second city that i that i look at and say well he's not talented or doesn't deserve that right you know right you know it's just that you know the uh some people, you know, reach a certain level of, uh, of financial success and other people's don't, you know, and why that happens, uh, you know, I, I prefer, you know, just to, you know, to wish the people to do well and, and uh, think about it while I'm in my pool. You know. <laughs> uh, right. And how long have you and Mary Catherine been together? 
Oh, we've been together a long time, about 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, only married for the last 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we were together for quite some time. She went back to Ohio for six years, in which it was like, kind of like us breaking up to take care of her mother and her father. Mm-hmm. You know, so we sort of were broken up. There was a big break in the middle there. But then after all that was sorted out, she came back, and then we got married 13 years ago. Did your folks support you in your choice? Uh, the, the choice to be an actor? I, they never, you know... Um, the weird thing about it is that I, I did hear later after my father passed away that, that my dad was really proud of me. He was always talking to them or other people about what I did, but he wouldn't give me that, uh, you know, that he wouldn't tell, talk to me about it. Boy, Sydney Caffanera said the same thing. She yeah. said, my, my mom would talk to everybody else but me yeah. about how she felt that I was, how well she felt I was doing. Right. And then I found that out, like, you know, even like at his funeral and stuff, like he was so proud of you, you know, but, you know, but I always... <clears throat> felt that he, you know, that that uh, that somehow I didn't reach that, you know, level of acclaim, you know. But then you go and clean out his desk, and he's got a copy of Overboard in there, you know. Right. You know, sort of, you know so, but it was, you know, he just wouldn't give. Yeah, not this. I don't want to say satisfaction, but he just, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, I love you stuff for my dad or anything well, like that. Well, but you know? also look at the life that he led, and I'm not, and and, yeah. and not just the family life, but his occupation, his job, what he, you know, like. Well, they under, he understood the police department, you know, and everybody in it, you know, so he didn't have a lot of outside friends. Uh, most of his friends were either police or, or, or family who were also on the job. Right. You know? Policemen have a tendency to do that, though. They have, have a tendency to hang around with each other. Well, isn't that what, uh, what the firefighters do as well? Yeah. 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 And firefighters and, you know, contrary to popular belief and, and policemen, they don't necessarily get along. You know, they all, each one of them thinks that the other job is uh, easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than theirs, you know. So they have right. to. So I mean, bars have a tendency to be police bars or fire bars, right? Not like police and fire bars. That's not doesn't happen you, very often. Did you ever think about taking the experiences that you had growing up and putting them into a show? Uh, I mean, no. I you know I think about that. I don't know how people do that exactly. You know how they can actually you know. I have some interesting stuff and some stories and things like that, but I don't know if it's a. If it's really entertainment, it's just sort of memories. Yeah. I also love the characters, though. I mean, the idea of... You, you, so your dad was a cop. Right. Uncles? Yeah, my uncles were, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. My uncle Frank, my uncle John, my uncle Jim. Uh, yeah, they're all... You know, that, that tribe My mom right was a there. crossing guard, you know. So, I mean, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for the city of Chicago, we would have been broke. You know? mm. yeah. But we're all, you know, getting paychecks and, you know... And the union... And the pension. You know, yeah, the, yeah, well, you know, which came later, you know. I mean, you know, it wasn't until the 1960s that they actually started making some, that, you know, I mean, there was a time, you know, in the 50s and all when part of the job was taking some money. You know, I don't know, you know, I don't think my family did that, you know, I mean, but. What do you mean taking some money? Well, you weren't paid anything, you know, and there were no benefits. There was no pension. There was nothing else, you know. I think a guy named O.W. Wilson came in in the 1960s at this thing called the Summerdale Scandal. And he actually made the job worth keeping, you know. So that's when they started offering pensions and insurance and things like that. Mm-hmm. Up until then, my father tells a story like he was directing traffic out on State Street. And uh, the guy from Marshall Fields, whoever it was, the manager would you know, tell him, to, how many kids you got? You know, he said, come on in and pick out something for the wife, pick out something for the... That was part of the job. Right. You know, you know so, you know, uh, it was, you know, you, you weren't paid very much, you know. So if you 
were to pull somebody over or something, somebody were offering you five, ten dollars. Got it. Got it. That was part of the deal. <clears throat> right. Uh, You're in Chicago. But I mean, that was. And... But the, but then in the '60s, uh, they started offering them uh, pensions and and giving them a living wage, a salary, and so then when you were to consider that kind of behavior, you were gambling something. You were you were taking a chance on losing your pension. Right. And believe me, you know pensions are a great, 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 great thing. Uh, I mean, you know, I, this four hundred one k thing and everything ever's going to be got wrapped into it. But actors union still has a pension. And I know. You know. And yeah. Are you? I. I. I I'm going to get nickels when I retire. I'm going to get nickels from uh, equity. Right. And certainly SAG and after. Right. You know, I got money. I got money coming in from there. I can't understand why people just aren't. To, I, well, I can't understand what people's problem with unions are. It doesn't make any sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Right. Uh, and, you know, and actors in particular, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we're not the most, you know, spendthrift of individuals. And, and if, you, if you're relying on actors to save for themselves, you know, you won't, you know, I mean, they won't, you know, but the pension does that for you, you know, and, you know, so you're required to take a certain amount of money out of your check and the producer gives a matching fund. Right. And next thing you know, you know, you're, you've got. You know, on top of Social Security, you got a few hundred bucks coming in every month from your from your pension. It right, make the world a difference. I and again, I don't see why. And the uh, medicine, and, and the medical. You know, the medical. It's just unbelievable. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And how could you bitch about that? Even what's going on with the Affordable Care Act? How can you complain about the fact that your mother, sister, brother, yeah. dad is now going to be able to be insured? I don't understand it, Mike. I don't get it. And I think that it's for me. I oh, feel yeah, like, but I mean, you know, I, I've read, heard that uh, that I didn't know this when my father was alive, but the uh, the actors' home out in Woodland Hills, you know, that you know that you can apply there to put a parent. In there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, and you know, I mean, you know, if you, if you have the money to do it, then you have a connection to the to the unions. Uh, that you know, they would be accepted if there was an opening for them to go in there. Right. So it's not just retired actors out there. In fact, a lot of the people out there are family members of actors. You know, so it's in, and at a certain point, when we all reach a certain point, our fifties and our sixties, our parents become our responsibility. And uh, th that's also there for you. Did you feel like going home when your dad was getting sick? Oh, I went home a lot. Yeah. You did go yeah. home a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was staying there quite a bit. Uh huh. My sister's still out, still out in River Forest, mm -hmm. you know, so I'd either stay there or else. Uh, he was out, uh, you know, in Western Springs at a place we found out there for him. Um, so I was I was there quite a bit, but it was, you know, when he really started going downhill it was around Easter time, around this time of year. And he was gone by June 15th, so he only had about six really terrible, bad weeks. Yeah. How old was he? Uh, 93. 93. Yeah. yeah. Was he a smoker? No, never did. No. no you weren't a smoker either. I did smoke, yeah. You did smoke? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, was able to sort of give it up around 10 years ago. I gave it up around 10 years ago, too. I was yeah. thinking about this the other day. How many people I knew that smoked? The fact that you could smoke in a theater on an airplane. I was in Detroit. Oh, and people... We used to have cigarettes, you know, ashtrays right backstage. You know, I mean, we're like, you know, you literally go out there and take a hit and put it in the, in the oh, ashtray. Oh, no, my characters would smoke. Right, right. Walk right. on stage having a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I remember when I quit smoking, I was like, I can't quit smoking. This character that I'm doing is smoking. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Well, you know, well, you know, one of the reasons things that people would go to Second City for, like, you know, I mean, it, I mean, yes, it was theater, yes, it was equity, and but it was a nightclub, you know. So I mean, there was tables and uh, everybody was smoking, and and people would go and 
and have drinks and cigarettes and you know it's a cabaret. I feel, I I still feel I I feel so blessed that I was there. I feel like it it obviously changed my life. It gave me a direction, and it was because somebody saw something in me. And the same thing with you. Yeah. Somebody saw something within me and said, "Come here." For me, it was uh, it was Jeff Machowski or it was John Machowski. It was John Machowski who said, "You should audition for the Touring Cup." I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah, like yeah. well, you know, everybody needs somebody to believe in them. You know, and. So I said the other day, I was watching something, they said, yeah, if you see a child, the child looks at you, smile at them, let them know that the world is a welcoming place, you know. And, you know, so I mean, I, I kind of do regret that, that I mean, I, I did some little bit of teaching years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Chris Barnes was doing something, and someone got tied up with National Lampoon or just got the name for it. And it oh, that was out of here. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. out in Santa Monica, you know. And it was a, a weird, strange situation, because I didn't think that, you know, I mean, it's it's important that people like yourself and stuff, you know, give back. And I don't think I've done a lot of that, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, uh, but uh, it, I didn't find it tremendously rewarding when I was, for the short period of time that I was doing it, mostly because I think people were just, you know, are looking for a shortcut or, or how do I get on to, into commercials or how do I get on TV or how do I, you know, and they're not exactly looking to, to, to learn. They're, they really want to know, What's the trick? You know, what's the? I think a lot of people will start out with the idea of what's the trick, and then as they get more into it, they realize the fabric of the the necessity to build upon the fabric of who it is that you are and what it is that you're doing. Uh, I hope so. You know. Did you I, end you up know. getting a degree from U of I? Yeah, yeah, I graduated from there. Yeah, I graduated the same day my sister was graduating from DePaul. Mm -hmm. I took the I took the more. Uh, roundabout way to get in it took about five years i don't know you know i was living down on taylor street that's what that's what got me out of the south side actually was i got a place on taylor street you know and that was sort of uh you know 10 hundred south and <clears throat> then i found myself uh, migrating up to the north side and and finding you know i mean folk clubs and uh, places along lincoln avenue to the holstein brothers right and, uh, orphans you know, uh, orphans little, the earl of old town right right somebody else's sort of troubles yeah you know right. i mean the, sure. you know the, i mean all uh, and i also had to go see theater because uh, that was part of our assignment so I was seeing things like Warp. Right. I, I saw the first uh, production of American Buffalo which, mm -hmm. I, which I actually ended up doing down in Laguna about 25 years later um, but I mean I saw J.J. Uh, Johnson and, and uh, Mike Nussbaum and you know I do the original production of that at the, uh, the theater on Halston Street you know and, uh, what was that theater? Know, well it's where Steppenwolf went into for a little yeah. while uh, it was across was the street, St. Nick. St. Nick. It was yeah. across the street from that bar that everybody always went to. Right, right. Right. Yeah, yeah and then Steppenwolf went over there. Step but it was a crazy of... time over there, too, the idea of how much theater was going on. Oh, and... there was a renaissance. I mean, yeah, people have already started writing things about what was going on in Chicago in the 80s, you know, in the, in the, in the early 90s. Right. I mean, there was some real interesting stuff going on. Why do you and think it... that happened? Why do you think that happened? No, you know, I don't know when things just sort of converge, you know, but, uh, you know, there was a, a certain amount of reality to what was happening in Chicago theater, you know, I, and it had success when they went to New York uh, with it, you know, when Steppenwolf was taking productions in New York, I saw like the, um, uh, I guess it was, must have been the Grapes of Wrath. Uh, also Bob and Gilead. Yeah, Bob and Gilead, right, went in. I mean, that was, you know, rough around the edges theater, especially... Right. And things like that may have been done in the 30s and stuff when the, when the lefties were running the theater. Right. Clifford know, but, Odets and those yeah, guys. Yeah, right. Right. Uh -huh. you, know, you know, but 
I think it went dormant for a long time, and then all of a sudden these, you know, these young punks from Chicago come in and, and literally wake up the audiences and, you know, start dealing with subjects and, and, and anger and, and angst that uh, New York wasn't comfortable with, you right. know, and, and so, you know, and so they consequently respected it. You know, and it became sort of like this, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, I, I mean, remember organic and remains right. and the, the stuff that was going on in body politic. And what was that theater? Uh, maybe uh, Victory Gardens, Victory Gardens right, uh, right. and the theater up on, on, on Howard Street across the Wisdom, Wisdom Bridge, Wisdom yeah. Bridge over there. Yeah. And the shit that people were doing there, the balls out work and like the idea of waking people up, literally waking people up yeah. who are going to see theater. But the audience also came to see the shows. You my, know? Fir my first paying gig was at Wisdom Bridge Theater. What was know? the show? It was uh, The Crucible. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, Pat O'Gara directed it and uh, Bob Falls was producing up there. Wow. At the time, you know, but it, but it was five bucks a show, and it was a buck to get up there. You got five dollars a show, and it took you. I think it took you a buck to get. It might even been round trip, you know, but it was like a, a dollar to get up there, and beers were about two bucks a piece at the bar downstairs. Mm -hmm. So I felt that I wasn't costing me money, you know, because I, <laughs> you know, so I was getting paid five five bucks a show, which was. And I have the. I think I still have the contract at home, you know, that you had to sign that to to get that. So before that, I was doing things at Old Town Players. Mm -hmm. which was a community theater, but it was a, a step up from university theater because the papers would actually go there and, and, and review it. Right, you know? right. You know, and, then, right. and then Wisdom Bridge, and uh, you know, then I think I, shortly after that, I started working at uh, one of the touring companies in Second City. Uh, the, the, the idea of getting paid to be an actor was just such a Huge. phenomenal thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, to get paid for it, I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was huge. I mean, I remember one night in Chicago weather, I was, we were doing Petrified Forest, I think. And anyways, the weather was terrible. And so I had made reservations for five or six of my friends coming in from the south side, and they couldn't make it. They had to cancel. But the theater didn't give me my money back. You know, you know I mean, you know, they said, well, you know, I said, but, you know, you know well, we did a show because your friends couldn't make it, you know. Somebody saw this, so that night that show cost me about a hundred bucks, <laughs> and I was on stage. You know? What part did you uh, play? Oh, I was playing Duke Van Teese, the henchman. Right, you got to be a henchman. I think his name was Jackie. Uh -huh. you know? uh, that is an uh, awesome that movie. So that was also a Broadway show that Bogart was in a Broadway show. Well, yeah, he well, yeah, well, Bogart and Leslie Howard yeah. did it, and they, were they gonna, Leslie they, Howard was also on Broadway too. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, and he, you know, it was a big success on Broadway, right. and they wanted to put somebody else in the in the uh, the Duke Mantee role. Yeah, uh, Bogart. They say the, the, with Bogart when he did that show, they say he looked exactly like uh, Dillinger. You know, so when he came out on stage. There was actually an audience that was like, you know, oh, you know, because he looked, he looked <laughs> a lot, a lot like Dillinger. Mm -hmm. And apparently was a success in New York and, the, and Hollywood, as it would be, um, wanted to recast it. Uh, big mistake. And Howard went to bat for him and said, like, you know, I'm not going to do the show, the movie, unless you have Bogart play Duke Van Tee. So that's what, you know, what was started. Leslie well. Howard, wasn't he also, Leslie Howard, just, I think he was a spy for the British. Could have been. You know, I mean, the, you you think to these people, yeah, probably a lot more than, because I mean, you know, being a celebrity would sort of give you like access to different places and people and things like that. Right. That you wouldn't normally have, you know. I you know. love being an, an actor. I got to tell you, I love it. And I what I'm what I'm working on these days is to let other actors know that we need to be proud. There's, there's a, there's a, somebody just put up a Facebook page about 
a theater company called Broke Theater Company. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why the fuck do you want to say that? Why do you want to call your theater Broke Theater Company? Right. Stop doing that. Right. Stop saying that you're a starving artist. Knock it off. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're just ruining it for me. Because other pr uh, producers are looking at it saying, you know what, he won't work, he'll work for nothing. Yeah. But you yeah. don't say that about, you know, you, 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 any other profession. Yeah, Why I is think, my profession different? I think bad actor would be a much better name for a company. <laughs> <laughs> cheap actor. We're working. I don't want to be cheap so, actor. Because, again, work for scale. Right, right, right. But yeah, well, you know, people do that. I mean, why we do it to ourselves, I don't, you know, I... I still have people say to me, like, you know, oh, listen, you know, you got to, can you talk to my daughter or my son? You know, they want to become an actor. And you now I was, you know, hoping maybe you could talk them out of it. And I go, like, like, why? You know, why would I do that? You know, why would I, you know, you know, I mean, what do you want me to tell them? You know, that, that it, you know, that it was bad for me. You know, I mean, it's, you know, and uh, some of the finest people I know are actors, you know. Now, I mean, you know, you won't even get to a point, you know, where you might be considered for, for work before somebody knocks the stuffing out of you. I mean, if you got any talent whatsoever, and if people keep on hiring you, you know, then, then keep going. You know, Bernie told me one time, I said, Bernie, what do I do if I, uh, you know, if I, uh, if somebody wants me to do something? He goes, well, and I don't want to do it. And he goes, well, ask for a lot of money. You know? Then I said, well, what if they say yes? And he says, well, then you do it. You know, like, you know, <laughs> it looked to me like I was some kind of idiot. Why, you know? I just gave you the answer, the, you know, the keys of the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you just say yes, then do it. Yeah. Are you nuts? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's stop there. That's perfect. Sure. That was a perfect ending. Thank you so much. Right. Oh, my right. God. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. If you'd like to see one of Dave's improv shows or one of my stand-up shows, you can get that information at addcomedy.com. If you want to take a class with Dave, that information is located on his website at davidrozowski.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at drozowski. Today's episode was sponsored by Troubadour, a restaurant movie. A new movie by Group Mind Films, portraying an accurate, sometimes funny, and sometimes cringe-inducing glimpse at restaurant life. Troubadour, a restaurant movie. Available to watch in its entirety online for only $5 at groupmindfilms.com.